Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're in the Mankato area, join us every Sunday morning at 10.15 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at MankatoHilltop.org. Best of all, God is with us. We are in the midst of a sermon series talking about what it means to be a disciple and following this thing called the Disciple's Path. And our scripture reading for this morning's message comes from 2 Corinthians, starting in chapter 5. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Holy Scripture. So we've been talking about the five different ways we as United Methodists believe we become disciples in the world. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And in our liturgy as United Methodists, those are the five things we hold up when someone becomes a new member. These are the five things we ask of the people who are members here or people who are uh, committing their life to Jesus Christ to follow those five things. So today we're going to talk about witness. This is the last one before Easter Sunday. Next week, we're going to kick off a new sermon series for Easter. And by far, this one might be the most challenging. How do we witness to our faith, especially today? Especially in our world, what does that mean? We have so much working against trying to witness in our world. And many people outside of the church or young adults might see religion and the church as actually contributing to some of the problems that are happening in our world today. What are some of those things? Well, actually, there's been a lot of research done on this. And some of these are the the most challenging for us as Christian people. I'm going to name a few of them because I, I know we need to address this a little bit. Many young people see the church as anti-gay. They see people hate gay people or LGBTQ people and they don't welcome everyone. Or they see church people as hypocritical. They, they say they believe in Jesus, then they act completely different or contrary to Jesus. They find church people judgmental. Maybe you know some people who have had that attitude before. Now, recently, there's been more anti-science stances taken by churches. Some people who are part of a church go down this rabbit hole of conspiracy beliefs, and they seem to not be grounded in reality, some conspiratorial thinking. Recently, the acceptance of cruelty and violence perpetrated by Christian people or perpetrated by people who Christians support And then they see the church's participation in societal sins like racism or sexism and especially abuse. 
And not just the abuse in the Catholic Church, but abuse in Protestant churches and sometimes by church leaders. All of that stuff that I just named is very heavy, isn't it? And this is the first thing people think of when they think of the church. Why is that? This is the challenge to our witness. This is. Because when we leave this building and we go out into the world and we interact with others, like I was talking about last week, we're all ministers. We all go out and interact in different places. And then people know that you go to church and they're like wondering, what's this church all about? And who's this person all about? When people then do those things, say hateful things or say mean things or treat people poorly, that affects all of us. It affects the body of Christ. So to share the good news, to be a witness and to share that is to actually share hope, to share hope in a better world, in a new world, in transformed lives. Many of the things I've just listed are so challenging to that. They don't conjure up hope in any real sense. So the real question we really need to start with then is to ask this question before we even go down the road. What do we hope for as Christians? What hope do we have to offer? What good news can we proclaim? Because there's all kinds of other newses that are being proclaimed. News. There's all other news. That's not a word. There's all kinds of other news being proclaimed that's not hopeful. That's actually harmful. So what is it that we hope for as Christians? Well, part of it is eternal life. And I'm not just talking about what happens when we die. There's that part of it. It's grounded, but, but it has to be grounded in something real, something present, something here right now. Hope has to be something I can grab onto today, not just when I die. Now, you might be genuinely asking yourself this question. I've heard from several people just within the last couple of weeks, they've been struggling with this. Maybe you're struggling with this today. Is there any hope in this world? Another mass shooting? Another scandal that happens? Another global warming event? Is there any hope? And if that's the case, there is no hope then we have to really ask ourselves this other question. Is there any love in the world? I hope by right now, you're all going, Pastor, we need some hope, don't we? Pastor, we need some love in this world, don't we? And I want to tell you, yes. And when I say there is hope, yes. And when I say there is love in this world, you can all say it with me. Yes, absolutely there is. There is good news, there is hope, and there is love in this world. But here's the thing. It doesn't show up on the newspaper headlines, does it? It's not what uh, is, is, is right there on the front page. Hope and love, they, they are a little bit deeper underneath the surface. But it is absolutely real. You've experienced this before. You've felt the presence of love in your life before. And you can certainly experience it right now, very present in our world. So the word gospel, this is a word that we use at church. Gospel, it simply means good news. And the good news of Jesus Christ, his gospel, is that God's love is for you. Even before you did anything... Before you made a decision for Christ, his grace was working in your life and his love is for you. And his love is perfect and it never changes no matter what we say, no matter what we do, no matter what we think. 
No matter how bad the world gets, no matter how bad or whatever sins or wrongs I have done, his love for us is unchanging. Now here's the thing. When we come to know that, when we come to understand that, when we internalize that message, that is what it means to have faith. That is the essence of faith, to, to understand God's love for us and that his love is a part of us and is real and present in this world. That's what it means to have faith. But here's the other thing. All of us here, pastor included, every one of us, we're broken people. We're not perfect. I mean, that's what it means to say that there's sin in the world. And it's not very hard to look at the newspaper, to look at social media, to look at what's happening in our world and go, yep, there's sin. I can see it really clearly. Of course there is. And because we are imperfect and broken people, we make mistakes too. And as much as we try, by our own strength, things still seem to fall apart. As much as I want to reconcile with this person over here, I just have trouble doing it on my own. As much as we want to stop violence in our world, it seems elusive, doesn't it? Now, I've talked with a few older millennials recently. Um, these are the people that are just now, you know, entering adulthood and having kids. They're under 40. They're in that 30 to 40 range. Maybe you have some kids like that. Maybe that's your kids. Or, or maybe that's your grandkids. Or maybe you are one of those uh, older adult millennial peoples. Here's a couple of things I hear from young adults these days. I'm on the cusp of that. I'm 45, so I kind of relate to millennials, but I'm technically a Gen Z or Gen X. Here's what I hear a couple of people. I thought I would arrive. Or... You know, I thought we'd get everything figured out when I became 35 and got married and got a house and had two careers. And here's the reality, young millennials, and all of us, right? And parents, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I get this. Your parents, they're imperfect too, aren't they? We're all broken, all of us. And now, younger millennials, as you're coming into adulthood, you're thinking, oh, I thought I'd have this all figured out. And you're like, no, none of us have it figured out. Welcome to the club. We're all trying to figure this out together. You can join with us. Even though it looked like your parents had everything figured out, especially when you were younger in your growing up years, as you become an adult yourself, you're like, oh yeah, none, none of us really have this figured out, do we? We're all broken people. And in talking with some of my older millennial friends when they come to this realization, looking back on their life, wondering how much we need to trust in something bigger something better, something greater than what the world is. If we only trust in the world, all we see is this brokenness and messed up stuff. It's not hard to see that the world is a really messed up place. That's easy to find. But if you want to spend your life looking for heartache and brokenness, you'll have the easiest job in the world. In essence, that is the nature of humanity prior to having faith. Prior to having faith. However, once we've made the decision to see God, to follow God, to put our trust in God's love, then we will also be able to equally see the places where God is active in our world. It takes a little bit more effort because we have to consciously choose it. But that's the way love works. No one accidentally falls into love. 
You can't just like foster love out of nowhere. It has to be chosen. It has to be lived into. It has to be real and present. And yes, it's more than that feeling. But it is those feelings as well. But see, when we choose that, now we can start to see the world differently. It can be hard to see this prior to making a commitment. It can be hard to see this because the world is sinful. We are sinful. All of the world's problems, if they only rest on your shoulders, we are in trouble. If it's up to us to fix ourselves, guess what? We can't take it. It's only been proven by wars and heartache and brokenness in families and over and over again. Because we're not designed to take that kind of weight. We're not designed to take that kind of challenge. In fact, Christ invites us to lay those burdens down so that he can take them. So when we choose to follow Christ, when we choose love in this world, we can take that burden off of our shoulders. We can lay that down because this is the week where Christ takes those burdens and transforms them. God knows the plight that we are in, so he sent his very son into this world to come and walk and experience what it is like to be human, to experience brokenness, to have his best friend betray him, and ultimately to be killed at the hands of the, his local government. All the pain, all the brokenness, all the sinfulness that we have experienced, God has also experienced, which is why Holy Week is so important to us as Christians. It's a reminder that God's presence with us is here for a purpose, namely to take death and sin and brokenness and to transform it into life. Prior to knowing Christ, it's all about me, myself, I, what can I do? And that's it. And that doesn't go so well. But when we know Christ, then we are a new creation. Something has changed within us. The old way of seeing things is now seen in a new light. Something different is a part of our life. And we start to see the world as God sees it. His love is planted in our hearts. Yes, our hearts still experience heartache. But they do so with an awareness that there is something greater going on here. There's a transforming love that can heal the heartache of the world. A transforming love that can heal the sinfulness and brokenness of the world. There is a grace that moves through us, through pain, through heartache, and into the very heart of God. And when we come to understand that, now we, we become ambassadors for that in this world. And Christ needs those ambassadors in this world. Why? Because there's too many newspaper reporters. Because they can sell the message of hate and evil and brokenness and another school shooting and all that stuff very easily. That's, that's easy to do. That's the easy thing. The hard thing is to dig into love and be an ambassador for that love. And when you come into contact with others, you share that love with them. That's much harder. I know it's harder. You might feel uneasy about that. But we've had several opportunities just this week. In the face of violence and in the face of another shooting, what do we do? Oh, there's no hope. No, there is hope. There is hope. And I know a God who will do something about it. If we'll get serious about his love in this world. But until we do that, I don't know. You're right. If it's only up to us, we're not going to fix our broken selves. Because we need help with that. But there is a God who can fix our broken selves. 
There is a story told in the Bible, told through Jesus Christ, that does help us answer some of these life's difficult questions. It's a story that's so relevant and so important for the whole world. And you wouldn't even know it just by watching TV or scrolling on social media. In fact, it takes all of us here, being a church, being a community, being supported by one another, to even have the gumption to do that. See, God takes a community of people who see it, who experience it, and know it. Maybe people who are far away from that or hard to experience that. And then brings them into this group and says, let's go together, church. Let's go together, Christian people. Let's try to make this difference in this world. Christ is counting on us to do that. So each week this, se- this series we've been asking, how can you take a step in witnessing together? Once we understand the story, and believe me, that might be the hardest part, putting our faith in Christ that he will do something in this world, having that gospel hope in love. Once we understand that, then we are able to share that. But what does that mean? So we've been talking about these stages in our relationship with Jesus Christ, from ignoring Christ, not knowing him at all, we're estranged from Christ, to exploring, becoming acquainted with who Jesus Christ is, to getting started, this is when we become friends with Jesus, to going deeper, becoming good friends with Jesus, to centering, becoming very intimate friends with Jesus. So what might this look like for us with our witness? Well, if you're in that exploring stage, that means you're here today exploring questions of Jesus. Does Jesus have an answer to the world's problems? Does church have an answer? If you're getting started, you get to know Jesus a little bit. You become friends with Jesus. You start to know the gospel story, and you start to make that your own story. What I was talking about at the beginning. To going deeper, then, you're someone who actively looks for opportunities to share that story with others. Maybe you've never shared your faith story before, or maybe when you see some of the challenges that happen in our world, you shy away and don't say anything. So if you're going deeper, that might be the time to actually say something and to share that love. It's all done in love. It's all grounded in love. And then centering, when we become intimate friends, this is the place where we now help share our faith and help others do the same. So in this season of Lent, and specifically during this Holy Week, you've got an opportunity, friends. All of us do. The world is giving us opportunity after opportunity to share, to share a gospel message of hope, to share God's love in this world. And it's Easter week, perfect opportunity to share in conversation. When you're at work and someone says, hey, what about that shooting in Nashville? You could say, I have some thoughts on that. And they are centered around God and his love in this world, and we need more of that, however you want to say it. But it gets at a fundamental question that is all throughout the Bible, maybe a question you're asking today, and it is the question that our witness here tries to answer. When Jesus was walking with his disciples, they said this, this is in John chapter 1. The next day, John again was standing with the two disciples, with two of his disciples of Jesus, And as he was watching Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here's the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? Very pointed question by Jesus there, isn't it? 
It's a good question for us too. So what are you really looking for? I mean, this is the essential question of being a witness to our faith. What is that nagging hunger in your soul for something that cannot be purchased at the mall or something that doesn't just show up on a Saturday afternoon? It's something deeper. What is that deep longing that tugs at your heart when you hear about another mass shooting and you go, this is not right? Are we alone in the darkness? Are we alone in this world? What are we looking for before we even know we're looking for it? Here in John and in Jesus, it's life. But not just any kind of life. It's a special kind of life. It's the life we call eternal life. And eternal life is not just that life we have when we die, but it's that life that happens to us when we are changed. We start to live eternally with eternal significance in eternal things. This is life that is not bound by finite categories of time and space. It's a life that is fully alive in the life of God. Life that is not something we wait to experience until we get to heaven. But it's real. And it's here. And it's now. And we can grab hold of it. We need to know both God's story of experiencing the good news in Jesus Christ in ourselves and when we know that, we are ready to share that with the world. The world is waiting. The world is waiting to have that conversation. When your neighbor pulls up next to the, your mailbox and says, oh, what do you think about all this stuff happening in our world? That's a moment. God is waiting for love to be manifest. Now, here's a couple ways to do that. I've spent the whole time talking about the story because I think that's what's really important for us right now. We do need to talk about how do we share our faith. And even saying that, I know what you're thinking. Right? I know you're thinking it. There are lots of ways to do this. Get clear about our story. Get clear about what our hope is in the world. Get clear about Jesus and his love. And then there are kind of six main ways I think of when I think of sharing my faith. Which one might work for you? Let's look at it here. These are the six ways I see it. Maybe you have another one you could add on there. What does this look like? An intellectual way is through books and theology and theologians. Think C.S. Lewis. This is a way of trying to use knowledge and use our intellect to understand the natural world, to understand God, and to share our faith in that way. Prophetic. This is a very confrontational kind of evangelism. It's not for everybody, but it confronts the sins of this world. Think Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Saw racism in this world and took steps to act it, and people did not like the message, but he was on to something that God was speaking in our moment. That is what most people think of maybe when they think of evangelism, some prophet on a street corner with a bullhorn. No, mm -mm, wrong. That's not going to do it. Number three, testimonial. Here's a great way to think about that one. Billy Graham. Maybe you've been to a Billy Graham crusade or maybe you've been involved with Samaritan's Purse. We do some things with Samaritan's Purse here at Hilltop. This is a way to share a testimony with others, to declare what we have seen and heard and known. It's not about converting someone. It's not like that. It's about sharing how I see the world, how I see God moving in my life. Interpersonal. This one's very easy. You can do this with your grandma or your best friend, one-on-one. 
This is now seeing another person in need and having this friendship with them to then walk alongside them and have these conversations. Invitational, the fifth one. The way I think of this is monastic communities, although it's not monastic communities, this is the way that hospitality drives what, how we share our faith. Maybe this is something that is really easy for you to set the table and welcome people and to come to this table together. Very invitational. Let's all come together. Let's all go to this concert together. Let's all read this book together. Just like in a monastic community, they welcome the stranger in each and every week. And then the last one being serving. This is, less, this is more about our actions and less about our words. Think Mother Teresa. How Mother Teresa shared with that. So which form of witness might be right for you? It's not, and not everybody can do any of these. But how might you be able to witness to your faith in this world? Be a witness to God and his good news so that the Spirit of God can work through your unique life. And even better, you're not in this alone. The Spirit of God can make this unique experience your life and can use it to bear witness to the transforming love of God and his grace in this world. Here's the thing. Your story is important. I don't know what your story is. You'd be like, Pastor, you don't know. I'm thrice divorced and been strung out on drugs and all that stuff. Guess what? That can be some of the best witness there is to how God works in this world. So your story, no matter what it is or no matter how challenging or broken it is, God can use you. You'd be like, yeah, I know, Pastor, but I've been, it's all messed up and this is hard. Yep, love is hard, isn't it? But God can use you. God can use you as a witness. And so maybe this week, the one thing you can think about doing is like, who's that one person who needs to hear a message of hope right now? Who is that one person that you know, that you could talk to, that you could share with? Say, hey, we got Easter service. We got two services on Easter Sunday. You could come, be a part of that. We're going to share a gospel message next week. It's going to be good news. It's going to bring hope into this world. That action starts with Christ moving in and through us to be a better witness to the kingdom of God here on earth. Maybe so. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Don't forget to visit us online at MankatoHilltop.org.